2022, the Tabletop Roleplaying Podcast, where Di decides our topic. Today we have a special guest. It's Tim. Yes, it's me. Trailblazers. I'm Tim. The good one. The good one? <laughs> the good one. I was... How are you today, Tim? I was super excited to be a guest on this show. I was like, maybe I'll be the first. I looked back and no. Ward yeah, is the first. we did have Ward on. Yes. He beat um, me again. <laughs> The unfortunate thing was, uh, with Word's episode, we did have a lot of uh, issues with the connection between us, so it, as excited as I was to have Word on, uh, I would love to have him on again. It didn't turn out very well, it kind of turned out a little awkward, so here's hoping that doesn't happen again. Yeah, I, I live out in the country, just fair warning, um, have been known to lose signal before, but hopefully my wife knows we're recording uh, maybe she won't be on the internet. Maybe we'll be okay. Hopefully we'll be okay. Yeah, you sounded pretty good so far, so fingers crossed. Yep. So, thank you so much for being on, Tim. Thank you for agreeing to an interview on uh, incredibly short notice. Yeah, there's no problem. I, and, I uh, enjoy it. Yeah, well, I'm super excited for it. Uh, you... God, I don't want to... I don't want to diss on Christian and say you're my favorite part of season two. And eh, I'm also not going to not say you're my favorite player in season two. That's all um, right. Just in case Christian wants to be on later. And you know, look, yeah, you are uh, both the stars of that show. It's great. It's fine. Yeah. Equal. Definitely not Caleb. No. Oh, forget Caleb's Caleb. <laughs> Whatever. It's me and Christian. You and Christian all the way. Top score. 10 out of 10. Well, speaking of Trailblazers, um, your character in Season 2 of Trailblazers was uh, Victor Irons. Yes. He was a uh, half-elf, uh, half but also, uh, when he started out, he was a, a cat folk um, fighter, cyber um, soldier. And, uh, yeah, that was my very first character. Your very first? Very first. Wow. Um I had GM'd, DM'd uh, before, and uh, so I have played the game that way, but actually playing as a player, uh, Victor Irons was my first. Wow, that's surprising for me. Um, how long have you been playing before uh, um, Victor Irons came about? Probably like a year and a half, and Caleb was... Uh, I was GMing for Caleb, so we had played together. So we did have that um, back and forth where we could we could play off each other pretty well. We had already built that up before I started playing on Trailblazers. Yeah, always important. What were some of your inspirations for Victor? <laughs> Victor, um, I wanted to do several things. I, I wanted to do a blue-collar guy. A family man, um, just a regular guy. David was kind of the everyman in season one. He was just your, just a regular dude that was brought over to to that world, and um, I wanted just a regular guy, but I wanted him to have like a family. And and then when I re- uh, found out that there were no children, uh, in Kadesh, uh, he just had a wife, uh, Sarah. But I wanted him to be just a, a regular guy. He had a, a, a job that he, he put all his time into. Um, he had an accident. 
and lost his arm and got a prosthetic. And since then, he's just been trying to get work here and there uh, just to, to pay for his family, uh, for his wife. And um, so he got this job as a uh, as like a security gig. And then that's where it starts off in season two and, and goes to all crazy places. Uh, but I wanted him to be a just a regular guy, blue collar guy. And then um, I, I built him off of because I knew he was going to have a cybernetic arm and um, use a hammer as his main weapon. I, I went to two DC comic superheroes, uh, Steel and um, Cyborg. And so Victor is the name, is the real, not, the alter ego of, of Cyborg. Um, and Irons is the last name of, of the guy, Steel. And uh, so, actually, uh, Victor's full name is Victor Henry Irons. Uh, I got, I, I did a lot of, like, um, backstory on him. His father's name is Jeremy Irons. Um, oh. And uh, it's just, uh, that that was kind of the the idea I had for uh, for Victor. Uh, we didn't see a whole lot of that come through. Um, it almost seems like sometimes uh, Christian would steal the show in season two. Uh, what were some moments, like some things about Victor that you kind of wanted to explore a bit more but didn't get to? Uh, probably wanted to explore his relationship with Sarah just a little bit more than probably what happened. Um, but I understand I gave caleb a, a character that he didn't come up with and it was a little bit tricky for him to get into the shoes of sarah i think he ended up pulling her off uh, pretty well but you know it was it wasn't his idea and so it was a little bit difficult for him to find her voice i guess you would say I, um so i would like to explore that a little bit more uh maybe explore his backstory the accident a little bit it, they caleb dealt with it and uh, there was references to it, uh, the accident and all that. But I would have liked to gone in a little bit more detail and flush that out just a little bit more. Yeah, it would have definitely been nice to see a little bit more of who Victor Irons was. So how do you feel about the ending to season two without giving any spoilers? Like, how do you feel that ending was? Uh, it was a total surprise to me. Um I guess I, I will have to give a little bit of spoiler. Victor lives, so we'll just say that. Um, and I I was fully prepared for Victor to die. I th thought from the, the hints that Caleb was giving in the, the story that Victor was going to die. And I was fully prepared for that. I was going to have a moment that one of the other characters has... I, you know, I, that's what I thought my character was going to do, and it didn't happen that way. So I was fully surprised and shocked. I did not know any of that that was going to happen. And uh, when all that happened, uh, I was just, I didn't know what to say. <laughs> I didn't know what to do, you know, and uh, it was it was total surprise to me. It's It was a very shocking thing to pull kind of a... Um did anything you do even matter kind of moment. Mm -hmm. um, how do you feel like that's going to affect uh, Victor if and when season three comes around? How do you think you're going to change it? So, yeah. Um, 
as soon as we stop season two, as soon as we stop recording, Caleb said, oh, well, so now, you know, um, I would like you to be in season three. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> He's like, you know, is that okay? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll be in season three. So, um, I have been giving it a lot of thought. We've had a good bit of time in, in between. Um, definitely everything that's happened, all of his loss is going to affect Victor a lot. It's, um, he's not going to be the same Victor we, we had in season two. There will be changes to him. Um, maybe even as one would expect some physical changes. Um, so yeah, yeah, he's going to be definitely a different person. He has nothing to lose now. He's lost it all. So um, yeah, he's he's going to be maybe not as sweet. I'm not going to change him completely. He's still going to be the the goofball probably inside, deep down inside. But you know, he's he he has nothing to lose anymore, and uh, that's not he's not going to be held back in some of his decisions. Interesting stuff. I love character development like that. Even if, you know, it forces people outside of their comfort zone, really makes you think about how maybe you would react in a situation like that. And Caleb has, has made me go out of my comfort zone several times, even in season two, whenever, uh, a little bit of spoiler, but, um, Victor gets cursed and he kind of, he changes his whole alignment. And when that happened, I had to change the way I thought uh, and how, how I did things with Victor. Um, he became chaotic evil. And after that happened, when I, when I first learned that he became chaotic evil, I had a talk with Caleb and Christian. And, you know, we talked about, you know, what that meant. I asked them, you know, what does that mean to you? And, uh, Ended up deciding for, for myself on how to act that was that Victor was going to be unpredictable and selfish. And those are going to be the two main traits that would drive that little story arc that he had there. Um, That's a very good way of looking at chaotic evil just in general. Yeah. So if you if you watch like the, the actions he does or listen, listen to the actions he does... Um, He's just thinking about himself, and he's just being very chaotic, very um, unpredictable in, in the way he acts. So you're not really sure what he's going to do. And also made him where like uh, one of the characters died, and they keep making reference to this character that died. And um, every time Victor would just kind of shrug it off, well, that person's dead, all right? So we can't change that fact. And it was very blunt and and hard. And it's not, I think deep down he actually hurt him. But because he's just so selfish right now and just so unpredictable, he's just, just, let's just move on kind of attitude. Yeah, indifferent. Yeah. Right. Very interesting stuff. I love seeing character development like that. Especially since I don't a whole lot in a lot of these other podcasts and stuff I listen to, you'll have these big traumatic moments moments happen to other characters and they just kind of carry on the way things have been the whole time. So it's good to see a good role play like that from you and Christian to make a compelling story. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I think both of us really tried to think about 
what was going on. We we knew we were making a a podcast, and and Caleb had talked to us about it and said, you know, we I really want this to be cinematic. You know, I want it to be something that people can listen to. It's almost like a radio drama, though. Everything was we were actually playing the game. We didn't we weren't really coached on anything. There was one scene in the courtroom where we did have like lines, but that was because it was a courtroom and you know you would be coached by a a um a lawyer anyway on kind of how to to deal with these questions so that wasn't that bad but everything else was just us acting and uh, and playing the game and but but we had to consciously make decisions that were going to be um developing our character and make sure that it made sense and that it, it also made a good radio, you know, pretty much, or good good audio. I would definitely say it did. Uh, do you have a favorite moment in Trailblazer Season 2? Do I have a favorite? Uh, I would say the detective episode, the Law and Order episode, is probably my favorite uh, episode of, of it. Uh, and was able to put on his, uh, Victor was able to put on his detective hat, literally. And uh, go out there and investigate what was going on. Um, I really enjoyed that uh, a lot. Do you have a least favorite moment? Least favorite? Um, <laughs> probably the, the least favorite was the most uncomfortable part for me. Was when um, Baron, uh, the, the, the big villain of the piece, um, attacks the, the party and freezes them. And uh, makes makes them do things that they should have done, and this caused a little bit of a a little bit of an argument between Caleb and, and Christian, and I was kind of caught in the middle of that, and um, it was a little uncomfortable. But we all ended up getting over it pretty quick, and and all of that. So I I think it was it fine in the end. Um, but because you're playing a game that has rules. And um, all of that, and you're also trying to make a, a show, when those two things kind of cross and your rules aren't, they're fuzzy because you're trying to make like a, a cut scene or something like that, it can cause some problems. Um, because, you know, we, we still really care about these characters. We developed these characters. We made them up. We put our... our um, uh, our thoughts into these characters to make them enjoyable and, and, and that we can also uh, play them out and, and then you, you take control of them, it that does cause some problems. So um, that was probably the most uncomfortable, but it, it wasn't that big of a thing. It is always frustrating to have control taken whenever you have such a deep connection with something. Something that's bothered me in not only tabletop, but like video games and stuff as well. Like anytime you lose control of this character that you're supposed to have this connection to, it really is a, a very frustrating kind of thing. A lot of yeah, time. every time I play God of War and then like the next game, I lose all the stuff that I built up in the first game. And it's like, oh, now I have to do this again. <laughs> How do you feel about Caleb uh, as a GM? Do you think he did really well overall or was there anything you change? No, I wouldn't change anything. I think Caleb is a great GM and a great storyteller. Um, it's not—he's not necessarily the way I would do it, 
but that's fine. We're we're different people. But I I've, I enjoyed being a player under him, and um, I've been a player under him in, in several since. Uh, and and I think he's a great great GM, great storyteller. He puts a lot of thought into it. He really does develop a story, develop a world. Um, his NPCs are great, especially Tar. Everybody loves Tar. Um, Everybody loves Tar. It, yeah, he, he definitely puts in a lot of work, and he really does care about what his players think, and, and he does uh, honestly want feedback from them, and um, he doesn't want to hurt anybody's feelings or do anything like that. He is a, he is a good GM. He really is. And how did you feel about having Christian as a fellow player? I enjoyed having Christian as a fellow player. It was, um, I was very excited. Uh, I actually knew, I think we knew I was going to be a player before before Christian, or maybe right there about the same time. And and uh, Caleb told me I would be playing with Christian. And I was like, um, Professor Christian? Because that's all I knew him at the time, you know. <laughs> uh, I really, really didn't know each other at the time. And uh, since then, we've become good friends. He's played in several of my games under me. And, uh, yeah, we, we've just become really close, and I, I really enjoy playing with him. He always um, brings a good backstory. He always develops his characters really well, and he optimizes them. I mean, they're crazy. They, they do all kinds of OP stuff, but, but they're great, and uh, he does, definitely does the work. And speaking about optimizing, um, did you feel like the campaign was really well balanced for two players? Because Pathfinder in general does try to recommend at least four. How did you feel I went with just two people? Well, I mean, I think we did did fairly well. Um, Christian did. Landris is kind of OP. I mean, he especially there towards the end, he's shooting off so many arrows, can't even count them. That's literally a thing we had trouble with. Um, but I think... I think um, Victor did a, a pretty good job. He was slamming them pretty hard in the end, too, with those hammers, our um, Earthbreaker at that time. And I, I did have to get, because it was my first character, I had not played um, a character very well. I did have to ask Christian for help, you know, d developing feats and those types of things. to put in the right ones to, to be uh, at the level I really needed to be. But I don't think we had too much of a problem. Probably the only time uh, we really felt it was in the Coliseum part, um, where we ended up giving up pretty pretty early. I mean, it was. I think we made it through a couple of fights, and then we we gave up because I don't think we could have gone any further. So, what do you uh, feel like the stresses of having a long running series like Trailblazers are? Like, what was the worst part about it? Uh, the worst part about it, I, I would actually had other characters developed that I was ready to do, um, if Victor died and he, he didn't, um, and he just kept going and going and I, there was a bit of a, a period where I was like, well, maybe I just want to try something new. Um, but there towards the end, I really got back into, to Victor and what he was doing, um, but I don't know. There wasn't really that many challenges. We 
knocked it out pretty quick. I think it was only maybe six months altogether uh, of playthrough, and um, it they went by pretty quick. I don't, I don't remember it ever really seeming like it took a whole long time. Um, yeah, season two did feel short by comparison, but that may have been by design. So yeah, I don't I don't think we had a lot of difficult. I, I did not have a lot of difficulty with that. Um, I think once we were into like chapter three, I was back. You know, I was really into it. It was about, about yeah. probably middle of chapter two. I was like, well, maybe you know, Victor died. I would be okay. I would try something different. Um, but yeah, I was once we got into chapter three and and things. Caleb did change things up quite a bit. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you, uh, we we had constant changes that were happening to our characters that we that made it everything you know new and exciting and it didn't feel stale never felt stale it really speaks to him as a gm then does a good job with that uh, how often did you guys play for recording we played once a week um but i think they they varied sometimes we might would play um you know maybe 6 hours we get record and you know those might be, those would be split up in episodes. Most of the time it was like four hour periods. Um, but if it was something like if we had a little bit of extra time, we would you know get together and make sure that we would record that. If we, I think a couple of times we we recorded a couple more than once a week, but um, most of the time it was just once a week. I think it was like Saturdays. Six hours of audio would be a lot to get through. I can't imagine editing something that long. Right. Well, those he would he would end up splitting up into different episodes. Well, you mentioned earlier that you've been a GM for a long time. So do you just play Pathfinder? Or are there other systems? Yes. I've only ever played Pathfinder. I've never played D&D. I, I, didn't, I never played as a kid. I started when I was in my 30s. And um, I was looking to play for some reason. I, I don't know. I got interested in it, and I said, "You know, I, I want. I want to do this." And I started looking at D and D, and then I saw that there was this thing, Pathfinder, out there. This other game that was very similar. And I said, uh, "Well, that it looks cool. I liked the art of Pathfinder, and I was kind of looking into it. And I saw that Pathfinder, because um, I think this was." I think um, fourth edition was out, just came out, and I I think Pathfinder was what I was looking into, and it had a little bit more customization than fourth edition did, and um, I think I'm not sure I haven't put a whole lot of into that, um, and so I said, well, I'll, I'll go this way, and I got the beginner's box set, and I got a group of friends. And we started playing that, and I, I liked it. And we found um, Hero Lab shortly after that. Uh, like it was like our second session, and we we're like, "Oh, it looks you could put all your stuff here, and it you know it, you can make your your sheet pretty you know quick. You don't have to spend hours and hours to do that." And um, I just started spending money on this Pathfinder thing. And putting it all into that, and I was like, you know what? I got to a certain point. I can't go to another, 
another um falling down the rabbit hole. Yeah, it's uh, uh, something else right now. So I've played Pathfinder, I've played Starfinder, and I've played Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Uh, those are the games I have played. Now, I've listened to other ones. I've listened to, to Dungeons & Dragons and to Ghostbusters and some other podcasts that were done, you know, different games. But I really enjoy Pathfinder. I really like 2nd Edition, actually. Um, it's it it plays more about like how my mind works uh with actions uh especially with spell casting i'm not very good at spell casting in first edition so i i was a fighter <laughs> but i i i like it a lot better in, in second edition and i think we're going to be playing um more of that in the next year yeah, right after new year's so i'm looking forward to that I played uh, Starfinder under Christian, actually. Christian was our GM playing Starfinder. We played a a few sessions. It wasn't a whole lot. In fact, he needs to finish it with us. Christian, if you ever listen to this, you need to finish that game. It was great. (laughs) Good luck getting anybody else to listen to this podcast. I think we got, like, what, five listeners total? It's pretty spectacular that you're even on here. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, but yeah, I've been uh, GMing for several years now. I think maybe four, five years now. Probably five years. It hasn't been that long that I've been into this. Um, but I really enjoy it. Caleb started me doing it online. Um, I played with a group of friends um, in real life, and but that didn't work out very well because it's hard to get people together. Uh, especially when we all have kids and those types of things, it's hard to get all that together. And and my first group ended up turning because it was just four guys at first. Well, most of those are married. All but one guy was married, and uh, so with they were like, "Well, let's bring our wives into play," which was great. I had girls that were playing with me, which is terrific females. And um, but but it ended up being like a party of of uh, nine players, you know. And that's oh, just, oops. yeah, that's a lot. And that's what my, my first GMing was, doing this, you know, big group. And it didn't last very long. And I started listening to Trailblazers and got in touch with Caleb and we started talking. And eventually he was like, you know what, Tim, I want you to, to GM a game for me, if you don't mind. And I said, sure. I had been working on a world, um, a fantasy world of mine since I was a child, <laughs> um, knew about the Lord of the Rings and J.R.R. Tolkien. I always wanted to do that. So I started working on a, a world of my own. And I was like, yeah, I actually have a place that we could do it in. You know, I have a whole world developed and all of this kind of a mythology and all of these things. And so we started playing and, and actually building my world even more. And um, uh, I... Really enjoy it, and actually, Caleb's been a big part of that campaign, though that world and, and many campaigns of developing. He's got at least three characters that have become like core characters in this world. That kind of uh, it would be totally different without them. Uh, right. So yeah, it was. It's been it's been um, really fun to to GM. I've I've gotten to to play with a bunch of the guys from the trailblazers discord from uh, Rob who's been on the um, 
Pathfinder Academy a couple of times, and um, Doug, who's Ezra I Thief on on the uh, the Discord, and a couple other players, Mister Blue Sky and and Chapel, and all these other players that they've actually played with me, and I've really enjoyed it. I love I like being a GM. I get to explore a lot of different characters and a lot of different um, settings and and those types of things. I'm, I'm about to run a uh, Christmas theme. Um, one shot. We're gonna, it's going to be two shit sessions, and it's called the fight before Christmas. And basically, Santa's recruiting a bunch of elves to go fight Krampus because Krampus took um, Santa's kids. So that's what I've been developing. Um, we're going to be playing that pretty soon. I had a back in at Halloween. I had a game um, that was all just a group of vampires. It was four players um, playing as as these vampires and. We I like to to run a bunch of like just goofy campaigns where we can just do s- stupid stuff and and just uh, have a bunch of fun, make as many puns as we can, and uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's what I like to do mostly. Though my other campaign yeah, like is pretty serious; it's kind of a dark fantasy steampunk setting. Uh, do you have any favorite moments from being a GM that you want to talk about or like uh, fun stuff? Yeah, and actually, Caleb has mentioned several on uh, Pathfinder Academy, which has been kind of weird being his GM and then hearing him tell stories about our games, which is it's, it's good because he's he's never complained about them. Um, so that's good. But one that, that I really and kind of proud of is I was actually GMing Caleb and Christian at the same time. And, um, we were playing, um, in this world that was like an alternate version of my world. They got, um, the, the players got teleported over to this alternate version and, uh, their characters were suffering from, um, having two of their players like being in the same world and they shouldn't be. And, um, so they were going crazy and I ended up dividing, um, the games like every other session or every couple sessions, they would be playing these, these good characters. And then they would be playing these evil characters. And, um, it was during the evil character session. The evil characters came through this small little village, and it's the of these anthropomorphic uh, animal people, and uh, it was a sweet little fishing fishing town, and so this evil group come through this town, and and they don't really know how to make of it because these are just sweet little animal people, these are like griplies and those types of things, and uh, so they're kind of interacting with with the the villagers there. And the villagers don't understand them either because these are like um, uh, crime bosses, <laughs> and uh, and his it's a crime boss and like his um, his lieutenant and uh, a bodyguard that's with him, and and they're going through and they're trying to find this this person, and they make some kind of um, comment about killing somebody, and one of my little griplies is like hears it and you know doesn't know what to make of that and they tell him oh we're just joking it's just a joke we're not we're not being serious um 
and then they recruit one of the um, this cat folk, who is a um, fire kineticist, and they they take her with them, and they're off uh, on a boat. They're just they're right out of the village. They can still see the village, and uh, Caleb's character, his name is Rain. He is turning into a vampire. Um, he has the vampire corruption. He's turning into that, and he's talking to this this cat folk, and he starts doing his Caleb thing where he's monologuing like Caleb does. And he's telling them, you know, how this little village was just, you know, these people who did not know anything and they were, they're ignorant and all of this stuff. And he doesn't know that he has this uh, corruption where he's, he's dominating her and he's controlling her. Um, And so she ends up just sending this big fireball to the, the town and setting it ablaze, and so my players don't know what's going on. They're like, "What? We didn't know that was going to happen," and so they're they're shocked. And so we go to the the next session, where they're playing the good characters, and these good characters come through this same village, and they see that it's on fire and it's burning down, and they put out the fires that they can, and then they come to this little Gripley who they save, and uh, you know, ask him what's going on, and I just said, "But well, they said it was a joke." And I, when I said that, they, they said it was a joke. I can just hear uh, Caleb and Christian and, and the other guy that was with them just deflate. And just like they couldn't even say anything because they, they knew that this person just thought that um, their town being burnt down was a joke to someone else. You know, and that, that, that I had used their their words against them. And so it, that was that was fun. I really imp- proud of myself for that you should be that's pretty good stuff uh, any other favorite moments or stories you want to tell uh from the same campaign from the bad guys i did have um a halloween uh session we we're running on halloween and uh so this was kind of a globe trop trotting they're they're sailing around and they come to a an island and um it's these bad guys they come to the island and they see that it's pretty deserted there's a few shacks on it there's a a couple of people there and there's a big hotel and uh, so they they go to this island they go to the hotel they check in and then when they come out of the hotel they see that the the island is Got more people there. The buildings look better. Um, there's like decorations out. There's um, uh, scarecrows and these types of things all around. And then they start interacting with the the people of this island. And as they do, they notice more and more that there's more people here. That the buildings are are taller. The the hotel looks newer. There's more decorations. They're throwing this festival. It's kind of a, a fall festival. And they're going to burn these um, scarecrows. And, and all of this. And, and then two of the guys take some women to the, to the um, hotel. And, you know, they're partying. And... Um, 
I just start kind of revealing to them that uh, you kind of look at this person that you're you're partying with, and um, every now and then you see, you know, they're dead, and they start uh, realizing that this this island is like feeding off of them, and the longer they're there, the the more power it gets and like there is actually a haunted island and um that's actually where they got their corruptions from too it's from this island but i i I really am proud of uh how i laid it out and and how we went through it it was seemed pretty natural and their reactions to this this uh, island was um what I wanted. It was perfect. It was like the perfect session. And I think we ended up having a lot of fun on it. It ended up being a giant turtle that all of this, this island was on and it was crazy stuff. But, um, just how it played out, uh, I thought went perfect. And I am very proud of that. You sound like a fantastic GM, Tim. I would love to play under you sometime. I I think I'm pretty good from, what I've told, I'm not. I'm not going to pat myself on the back too much, but I think I am a pretty good GM. I really do enjoy it. I think one of the things I I do is I read the backstories, and then I try to fit them into my game. And yeah, always very important. I know my players really do appreciate that. I know I appreciate that when that happens to me. And so I really do try to make your character something special. Now, see, for my games, I do have a central NPC that this world everything that's going on is because of this person and uh, it kind of revolves around them and you're usually the pcs are kind of the guardians of this person or working for this person or, or that kind of thing but i always try to make sure that even though there's a central npc who's very important to the story your character always has an impact on this person's life and on this world. So, um, Caleb's one of Caleb's characters, Dalahide, uh, was the one that was brought into the alternate dimension, and he was being merged with his self on this this world, and he was starting to go crazy. And Dalahide was a um, a lizard folk arcanist, and um, he ended up with the child of the main NPC and he had to protect this child through this uh, craziness that was all going on. And from him losing his um, mind and, and all of this, this and um, he, that character ended up dying um, protecting the child and, and, um, saving the world pretty much and ever since then that character has been referenced in almost every campaign that we've gone back to because he's been so important because he protected the basically the queen's daughter um so yeah i always try to make sure that and then caleb's first character actually married the main npc anyway so so he's got several characters that are pretty core to the the mythos of of my world and uh i always try to to make sure that their characters have a a pretty big impact on what's going on 
Always sounds like a fun time whenever you get to really flesh yourselves out like that. It's great that your players get to have fun underneath you like that. Yeah, yeah. And I like to, I mean, I have a lot of fun with them too. Um, I just, I love telling stories and I love people's inputs um, uh, on building my world because you only can think of so much, but you, you get uh, someone else's idea and you say, well, that's a good idea. Yeah, let's use that. Um, Christian brought in a um, his first character is named Jack, and he, he was working for this um, kind of witch hunting group, but they were also a bunch of healers and um, ended up developing this place called Panacea, which is just like the, the healing institute of my um, world now. They're just set up. They have little clinics everywhere in each town. And uh, he brought that in there. And, and you just say, well, that's a good idea. I need to have a healing place. I need to have hospitals, you know. I never really thought about that. Uh, but because of, of Christian, that's now a core thing that, that, that happened. You know, that's a core um, institute. And so, yeah, I, I always try to be open to people's ideas. It's a good policy to have as a GM. Yeah, don't... Uh... Nothing can be too sacred um, <laughs> when you make up a world. You have to, to know that you, you can't think of everything. You can't um, think of all the, the plots and all the, the, the uh, um, what's the word? It's not nuances, but the, just the, the little every, uh, the little details, the small little details of your world listen to to your players and and if they have a great idea you know take it from them and, and then no um no but take take the idea and 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 uh, let them build on it and help you develop a world and and uh it will be a much better world so as a gm um you said you've mainly played pathfinder are there other systems that you're interested in maybe haven't gotten the chance to try i would like to play the ghostbusters one at some point it sounds like a lot of fun, a very goofy system. Uh, I would, I want to play D and D just to play it and say that you know I played the actual thing that everything else is built on, pretty much. Um, but, and I probably, I guess I want to play Fifth Edition. Fifth Edition's alright. It seems like the, it seems like probably the easiest one. Um, other than that, I I've maybe I thought about playing Call, uh, Call of Cthulhu, but um, I don't know. I really enjoy playing Pathfinder. I want to get back into some more Second Edition. I wouldn't mind playing some Starfinder, some more Christian. <laughs> um, Again, good luck getting into listen. <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, I'm pretty happy with Pathfinder. Right. If I could actually make a suggestion of a system I think you might enjoy. Okay. Uh, there's one that I've been singing the praises of the entire time I've had this podcast, and to anyone who will listen even before I made it, it's called Tenrabancho Zero. And the whole focus of the system, you've got your mechanics for combat and such, but the way you actually progress your, your character and get stronger and upgrade your stats and such is through good roleplay other players and whoever's GMing will give you tokens for a good roleplay, which you can then use to spend on stats and such, like experience points. And that is how you upgrade your character, is by actually getting into them, uh, developing them, and 
playing them very well. Which is see, that's what I like. I like role play. I combat's fine, but I'd rather role play. So that's going to be my recommendation. Um, I'm going to have to look into that. You're going to have to send me more information about uh, that because I, I already forgot what it's called. I actually have all the books, so I could send them to you to look over if you would like them. Yeah, but I I love role play. I mean, that's my favorite part of of Pathfinder, of all of this, is the role play. I, combat's fine, and I, it has a place. Um, and there's lots of people who, who would rather do combat. And I've played with them. I've had to be their, their GM to make sure that there's been plenty of encounters and all of that stuff. But I would rather, I would, I could spend all day just role playing and developing a story or developing the worlds and, and coming up with, with those ideas. I, I, that's what I live for. That's what I love to do. Um, so yeah, I would, I would love to look into that. Well, I will send those your way. Uh, we're running a little bit short on time, so we're going to do one last question. Um, sure. What would be your advice to new players who want to get into tabletop? What would be my new advice or uh, my, my advice um, to new players? Uh, listen to other people play. Listen to the podcast. Uh, you can listen to Trailblazers. Um, that's what I did. I, I, I played um, with my friends uh, a couple of sessions, but we were having a lot of problems, you know, trying to figure out well, what does this mean and what does this mean. Uh, as you do with Pathfinder, you could spend hours just trying to see what what does this rule mean. But when you listen to some to groups play, or you watch them on YouTube or, or whatever, then you can see like how everything is done and that the rules really don't matter as much if you're just having fun. And so you, you learn that, hey, when you watch other people play, you can have a lot of fun um, just discovering things, just looking around, um, you can have a lot of fun uh, talking things out with other players uh, because you're they're gonna see things different than, than the way you thought of it and um, so yeah I, I think watch some if you're really interested in it uh, and you want to start playing it I know how overwhelming it can be there's so many books out there there's so much information there's so many people who have a lot um, more experience and knowledge just watch them play and and you can see how really it's not that scary it's just you um being able to pretend and, and be able to to um live out your your fantasies and to explore a crazy worlds and that you can be funny and serious or you can be uh you can have a rom romance or uh, uh, an arch enemy and uh, but but just listen to someone play on, on on a podcast there's so many podcasts out there that you can listen to are so many videos um, that you can watch of different groups play and that's how I started and I think it really helped um, me become a a competent player and a, a pretty good GM and uh, so yeah I think that's the advice I would give solid 
solid advice. Well, thank you very much again for being on the podcast, Tim. It's been great. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you have a super. I, I appreciate it. And anytime, I would love to get on here and talk. Um, I I love playing the the this game. I love being able to explore crazy worlds and crazy ideas, and uh, just having a good time with a, a group of friends uh, to joke about um, bar names and um, coming up with new. Uh, poisons or those types of things it's, it's just it's it's fun to be able to kill a couple of hours um by you know beating up a couple of goblins or yeah. something like that and that really is the goal is to have fun yeah well all right well i, I do appreciate all right. We'd love you to having have you me on, on here. every time and bleh, i will learn to speak one day we'd love to have you on anytime you want to be on uh you know just hit me up if you ever want to be on the podcast again it'd be lovely to have you back all right, thanks. All right, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, we have a Facebook, at D20Dudes on Facebook, at D20Dudes on Twitter. Questions, comments, you want to make fun of me for being the dorky fanboy over